When I fall, I got parachutes. 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 What you gonna say? What you gonna do? What you gonna gonna Is what they say true? And all these questions, I make sure I am still on top. And all these questions, I make sure this train is hard to stop. No matter what I say or do, no matter the song or two, it's me you cannot drop. I'm in a parachute up in the sky. I- I'm in a parachute. I'm soaring by. Parachute. I'm soaring by. When I fall, I got parachute. Politicize every song I sing. Tell you about our reality. You're living in a virtual reality. You're sucking on the tit that feeds you lies. Getting screwed by a system of ties to our demise. We are blamed. Why blame us? That's insane. All we know is pain. Control us for 300 years. Our epitome of fears is in a machine that broke us. Made us get out of focus. Preacher told us, stop that hocus pocus. Look what we had. Our culture was just a fad. What they didn't still do is sad. It makes me mad. Why be racist? It's made us faceless. Made us into your slaves. Land slaves for your wage. In this first world country, you're the entitled. Repeat and recycle. Put more money in guns. We make war to be free. We make war to be free. Are we really? Giving him my all, giving him my all. Gotta stand tall, cause I'm giving him my all. When I fall, I got parachutes. When I fall, I got parachutes. I'm a lightning warrior. Rain don't change this. It goes in and all through changes. When I fall, I got parachutes. When I fall, I got parachutes. What you gonna say? What you gonna do? What you gonna gonna say? What they say true And all these questions I make sure I am still on top And all these questions I make sure This train is hard to stop No matter what I say or do No matter the song or two It's me you cannot drop I'm in a parachute Up in the sky I- I'm in a parachute I'm soaring by Parachute I'm soaring by When I fall I got parachutes I'm from two worlds that collide White and native, it's complicated. I'm the minority skin opposite of authority. But I'm the queen. I lead and be led by those who went through it instead. Not here to tell you what race is better. I just wanna make some cheddar without worrying about my race. Being judged just by the color of my face. I wanna be seen as me, see my individuality. Never thought I would have to fight for a normal life. Life for a native is a constant battle. Red to get killed, we've been treated like cattle, like cattle, like cattle, like cattle. What you gonna say? What you gonna do? What you gonna gonna say? Is what they say true? And all these questions I make sure I am still on top. And all these questions I make sure this train is hard to stop. No matter what I say or do, no matter the song or two, it's me you cannot drop. I'm in a parachute up in the sky. I- I'm in a parachute. I'm soaring by. Parachute. I'm soaring by. When I fall, I got parachutes. Giving him my all, giving him my all. Gotta stand tall, cause I'm giving him my all. When I fall, I got parachutes. When I fall, I got parachutes. I'm a lightning warrior. Rain don't change this. It goes in and all through changes. When I fall, I got parachutes. When I fall, I got parachutes. Parachute, parachute. Good morning. You're listening to Wake the F Up, a local feminist radio show with a focus on intersectionality. Uh, my name is Christina. I use pronouns she, her. And my name is Karan, and I use the pronouns he, him. 
UMFM 11.5 broadcasts from the University of Manitoba campuses that are located on the stolen lands of Anishinaabeg, Nihiawak, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. We respect the treaties that were made on these territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past and those that are still ongoing in the present. We acknowledge our privilege as settlers on this land, and we dedicate ourselves to move forward in partnership with Indigenous communities in a spirit of decolonization and collaboration. Beautiful. So if you haven't heard us before, Wake the F Up is a feminist radio show. We like to talk about the daily lived experience as feminists, how we like to think about things, and we like to share it with you because you can really use a feminist analysis on just about anything. Mm, Yes, it's true. That's my favorite kind of analysis on anything and everything. As feminists. Yeah. I guess anytime we analyze. All right. <laughs> that was beautifully, beautifully eloquent. Christina. I'm known for my eloquence. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's interesting for, for folks who have been maybe listening to us? Um, this is kind of a kind of a celebratory thing for us. This is this is a great, great thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have been airing for a whole year now. Yeah. Uh, this is our this episode essentially, you know, marks our one year anniversary this episode airs on september 19th 2019 our first episode ever which i think is super exciting aired on september 20th um and with that we have somewhat of an exciting announcement to make from here on out our episodes have gone from half an hour to a full hour so we're going to be with you straight from 11 a.m to noon wow that's that's a lot of talking yeah (laughs) that's a lot of ranting i hope you like our voices because you're going to be getting a lot of it (laughs) yeah you better get used to it we're actually so excited about it though because this is soul recharging yeah yeah for me you know it is unless um i say a lot of ums on air and then you know christina has to go or i have to go back and edit out all my um, 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 ums. <laughs> it's really annoying. <laughs> but, you know, over the year, I like to think that we've become a little more okay with not um, 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 saying um. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I can't believe you just made a sentence out of ums. <laughs> Have we gotten better or worse? <laughs> mm, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's incredibly exciting. Uh, and we do have some things that we want to talk about today let's do it yeah yeah let's talk about things and stuff um so um if there's a problem in society that is a nail and we are the hammer right sure i i don't see how yep no no cran okay great i was (laughs) extremely confused by that that's not how we solve problems okay yeah great that's how cops solve problems i was gonna say that sounded very like very authoritative to me very like mm, you're poor and that is a you problem so i'm gonna kill you for it yeah yeah <laughs> we love the just world hypothesis totally so okay where are you getting at <laughs> you, what do you what do you try to do <laughs> uh the just world hypothesis is a belief that ultimately everything that happens to a person is deserved because the just world hypothesis believes that what you put into this world is what you get out. And in general, we live in a just world where people will kind of get what's coming to them. Right. And 
yeah and this is a belief that a lot of people hold and it's a belief that people hold if they think our justice system is generally correct in the way that it handles things it trusts cops with the job they do it trusts the law it trusts the laws that are made it trusts the courts <laughs> it trusts <laughs> any kind of legislation that comes from therein right you know I think that the only extent to which I believe in something similar is like in the hin- Hindu ideology of like karma, which is like y- people get what's coming for them, right? Like it, what goes, what, what's the saying? What goes, what around, goes around comes, comes around. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I believe in that to yeah. some extent. However, mixing that belief with the state hmm, mm. seems kind of questionable. Yeah. I'm not sure that. A, a set of moral beliefs that pertains to some elite people who who run who run the state should should be imposed upon other people. Oh no, no. And because this is just a belief that people hold as individuals and it's of course held by the people who are lawmakers, they don't realize that they're inflicting this bias upon the very laws that they are constructing. And that's of course how institutionalized racism comes about. They don't right. necessarily want to acknowledge that they've written racism into the laws, but it's still there. Right. Okay. So let's let's try and like tone this tone this down a level. Right. <laughs> in yeah. that let's let's see. So try and explain to me how this works in our system right now. Like, what does it look like in our society today? Like this this hypothesis that you're talking about. Is it implemented in our society? What does it look like? Um, cause I think I'm mostly confused about many aspects of it. However, I know that I oppose this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, you know, like, you know about my beliefs. I, I don't think that cops are always the best tools in our society to keep crime at bay or whatever, you useless. know, Completely yeah. useless. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I, so, so anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Explain yeah. Okay. This. So, uh, well, I can tell you what a looks like in casual conversation when you encounter a person who holds this belief right okay you will literally hear people saying that all poverty is a result of people not working hard enough ah and i know people that believe this they literally think and i (laughs) they'll literally say yeah all those people in the undeveloped countries yeah they uh if they just got off their butts and worked yep they they would be able to single-handedly bring themselves out of poverty and bring themselves to a good quality of life they literally believe that yeah yeah it's (laughs) it's it's not a surprise that people believe that you know i i think was this with you when we were talking about the whole narrative of like disease and things like that when people are like "Hmm, overpopulation we just need an epidemic yeah 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 yeah. and they often think about like these poor people who who don't look like them or who don't like have the same cultural aspects as them they Mm -hmm. often think about these people and ultimately they're lazy and they deserve what's coming to them yeah which is you know an epidemic which would really help global climate crisis global climate climate crises <laughs> yes yes yeah. wow um and <laughs> and so i don't i don't understand how people are able to hold these beliefs however i understand that systemically this is taught 
to people to uphold these beliefs. Like we're living in a system that that does it itself. Like people don't have to consciously think about it. This is just a self-perpetuating belief. Yeah, it's a self-defense mechanism. Exactly, because people don't want to actually acknowledge what what the issue is. And and I think when you bring it back to like our whole justice system or or punitive measures that are taken to uphold these beliefs, I think that they manifest themselves in different ways, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that we're, we're talking about poverty, for example. You know, people often want to, like, criminalize poverty. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, privatize parks. And, like, let's, let's, uh, let's make sure that only certain people have access to parks. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even public parks. They close at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. A, a public park closes at 10 o'clock i don't understand how that happens yeah yeah um, but it does right they just make it very difficult for the homeless to find anywhere to go yeah like where do they just want them to disintegrate into thin air that that's the thing that's and that's the thing so oftentimes these things are used as tools to criminalize poverty mm-hmm. but we don't think about how we punish poverty in in our society so you know you see a park bench or like a bus stop sitting area mm-hmm. and and you'll see that oh it's it's like a flat surface where homeless people can sleep right but a week or two later people will complain about it and then you'll see some barriers go up you know like those mm-hmm. armrests that are oh for for the convenience of people who use Winnipeg Transit Mm, but that's not the reality we know why it's actually being done Mm -hmm. is to make sure that homeless people cannot access these spaces Mm -hmm. because even though these are public spaces and the homeless are the public and the homeless are the public we want to make sure that it's only a certain demographic of public that that we're targeting to have access to these things Mm -hmm. which in a way is 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 criminalizing of poverty and and being poor so if you're poor Bro, just stop being poor. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, bro, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping on a bench? You should have a house by now. Like, mm-hmm. if you just got off the bench and worked hard enough, you would have a house. Exactly. And then you start to point out, like, I, I've had so many conversations with people who literally hold these beliefs. And uh, I'll say, okay, so they want to go put in a job application that requires an address. You know, applying to a job requires a resume. They can't handwrite resumes anymore. So, a c- right. computer? What? Where would be? Where would? Where, where would, would they, they get a computer? Where would they? Where would they? Where would they? Uh, maybe huh. a public library, but if they, how do they don't, enter? yeah, how would they even be allowed in? Because they profile you. They profile you, and if they make some judgment call based on whether they think you're safe or based on your personal hygiene or something, okay, where are they going to shower? <sighs> People don't get into those situations because they're lazy. It's because they've been thrown out onto the streets. I had a conversation with somebody this summer where we were just talking about the punitive justice system. They think, uh, you know, whatever such and such crime needs harsher punishment. And I'm like, okay, but when did harsher punishment actually stop anyone from doing anything? Like, I think a really good example is speeding tickets. Uh, (laughs) Right. Manitoba has the highest fines of speeding in all of the provinces. Right. But not the speeding amount the Mm -hmm. amount of tickets that are given out is not any different because there's zero correlation between higher fines and lower infractions right 
Exactly. And that actually brings me to a very, uh, like, another interesting point is that, you know, if you get a parking ticket or a speeding ticket, well, like, I don't know about Manitoba, but, like, generally a speeding ticket or a parking ticket is lower than if you were to get onto the bus and you kind of, like, you know, sneaked your way in and you get caught. Like, that fine is, like, 500-some dollars, but... Oh, but wow. but a parking ticket is like 50 bucks. So you know like our our the system that we live in in itself is designed wow. to to favor even when the even when the rich are doing something wrong, it's designed to favor them mm-hmm. because they fit the profile of an ideal person. So even when they do something wrong, they're forgiven. They're more. forgiven. E- they're like they get off easily, you yeah. know? And and that's that's something that I find so disturbing about the reality of our world because same thing with homeless people like that's all i keep coming back to Mm -hmm. and and maybe and i've also maybe we shouldn't even be calling them homeless people maybe we should be calling them survivors of policies that have put them out onto the streets yeah yeah but like we should be putting emphasis on the wording of the fact that they are people first because I feel True. like, you know, the second we say homeless and, and then we say people, people forget that the word people refers to them being human beings. That's a good point. You, you know, I was walking. Um, I was walking from my apartment to a Starbucks close to my cl- close to my apartment to, to study. And I have to cross the Midtown Bridge to do that because I live by Donald. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was walking and there was... I just looked over the bridge and just by the riverbank, there was, you know, like a few shopping carts and like there was um, just random stuff that that looked like someone who who had been living on the streets had like hoarded to kind of save themselves and, you know, survive off of those things. Maybe, I don't know, like sell stuff or Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of just all across all across the riverbank and you could. And you could tell that that, you know, they probably had a run in with the cops or something and they kind of had to leave their stuff and run away. Right. Or something of the sort. And I was walking and this, you know, (laughs) white person in front of me walking their bike, you know, they looked really with their AirPods in. They Mm. looked really good. Like they, they looked like, you know. Like they, I, I don't know. They were extremely rich. Like, and, and they're just walking, and they look over, and they're, they they laughed a little. They're like, "Huh, probably another homeless person." They laughed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and then I see that they're they they just take that take out their phone, and they start zooming in. They're like, "Ha ha ha! Look at that! Like, what is this? This is all garbage! Like, why is this here? Like, why do homeless people live here? Like, can they find somewhere else to go?" And then another white person, and like I'm, I don't mean to put all the blame onto white people here, because don't obvi- don't worry, Kron. If there's somewhere <laughs> that you can put the blame, <laughs> uh, <laughs> literal descendants of settlers. So right, right, right. Yeah, okay, you go okay, ahead. okay. I'll do it. <laughs> um, but not just descendants of settlers. Settlers. Go on. Yeah, yeah. No, I I hear you. Yeah, but another white person walking sees this person doing what they're doing, like recording it and like making fun out of it. And they say to them, Oh, haha. Like this has been happening all over, like on the other side of the bridge by the riverbank too. Like, 
but they had to leave because it rained and it got so muddy mm. and i was like thank god that it was so muddy that they couldn't stay there anymore because i can't jog anymore without seeing a homeless person and i looked at them and i was like what the fresh fu- <laughs> yeah i the wow no words no words i was like where do i even begin to address this how do i even start and it's funny because these are probably the same people who are like going to donate to the food bank to make themselves feel good about themselves yeah 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 yeah, totally yeah oh yeah they these, just don't want to see it yeah they these are the it's people yeah it's it's an eyesore yes exactly exactly because when you say the word homeless it it's it's just disgusting mm-hmm. that's what it is it's if it's even that it's they don't even see the people as human at all it's just a very dehumanizing thing oh i'm tired yeah yeah um another so disheartening absolutely another interesting example of this whole if we have a problem that is the nail and we are the hammer. The approach taken by the anti-choicers about this time last year, actually. Oh, they're back, you know. I don't even want to think about it. They, Great. They, yeah. Their tactic actually is to actively try to make a scene and try to re-traumatize people. So I'm I'm really done giving them the time of day. Yeah. Um, they're just breaking rules left and right because they want people talking about them. But anyways. Yeah. The tactic they were using last year, they... Uh, uh, and I guess we probably talked about this in one of our first episodes. Um, they had this big sign that said something like 92% of Canadians disagree with sex selective abortion. What do you think? And then they try to engage in this conversation where they're saying, yeah, so people will sometimes uh, become pregnant. They'll find out it's a girl and then they'll get an abortion for that reason. Should this be allowed? And of course, that is an issue. Now, their argument ultimately is to probably make you think that that should not be allowed and that should be restricted. Mm. And then ultimately to their goal of probably making all abortion illegal. Right. Um, But that aside, the fact that that they think that legislation is the sole way of making change happen is is another example of this mentality at work right (laughs) i see the look i see the look on your face but generally and like people of all sorts of different mentalities can sort of take up um this approach uh you'll see it because even if we wanted the social change that we wanted it's not going to happen just by using our government for example oh hello for if we just started teaching in all of the schools um say for example a more balanced uh like a more balanced history a more accurate history one that actually talks about uh colonization for what it was rather than you know glorifying the story of the white man and the right. who found north america rather than the true story about turtle island mm. and that for example like sure that would help if that was taught in schools but that's you don't just you don't make social change by making rules is what i'm getting at no social change uh. comes from just changing the rules 
because then you're always bordering on authoritarianism. You're bordering on fascism. You just have somebody in charge who ha- who thinks they have a lot of good ideas oh. and then they're trying to put them into action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No social change comes about like that. It is so much more complicated than that. Right. And and this is interesting because when I think about what like like I'm listening to you and I'm like I can so easily see why your idea would be thwarted immediately because people would be like, well, then are you saying that there should be no rules? And but the thing is, that's justified to them because they think rules that like they they ultimately believe that the rules that uphold our society are generally reliable. They trust our government. They trust the laws. But that's the whole thing. You can't. Because our system is incredibly corrupt and broken and it's power oriented and it's dominated by the patriarchy and uh, the colonialist patriarchy and it can't be trusted. So that is absolutely what I'm getting at is that rules as we know them, as they function, you know, follow the rules or be punished. A punitive Mm -hmm. incentive is not working. Right. And and (laughs) I don't see ever a time being there where such a huge overhaul would take place you know i don't see it happening at all well i mean there's always talk of revolution Uh. but that's a whole conversation (laughs) in and of itself the point really that i'm getting at is i want to talk about how much better restorative justice is oh yeah totally as a practice and when you take this approach to like you can take this approach to literally any problem punishment in any situation, in the law, in daily life, it is not a good motivator for changing people's behavior. It's a motivator for not getting caught. Right. You know what? I think I think this also brings me to the whole concept of fat shaming. You know, there's people like, uh, I think his name is like Bill Maher or something like that. Anyway, it, these are all like Saturday Night Live personalities. Okay. And um, someone, I, I just saw this video on Twitter recently where there's someone who has his own kind of talk show, like a late night talk show, um, who was like, oh, well, I am fat and I have a platform, so I'm going to talk about this. And then um, I I genuinely can't remember. I think it was something Corbin. I don't know. Anyway, Mm. it doesn't matter. And he kind of talked about how, how, you know, we, we look at fat shaming and we're like, Oh, you know, like fat shaming works like there. There's actually people out there who who say, no, this is real. Like, this is totally real. I, I'm not, I believe you. Yeah, yeah. Like as much as I like to be in my bubble thinking that, oh, like people don't want to fat shame anymore. No, there's people who have said on video that, oh, I think that fat shaming should should be coming back. Like, I think we should be absolutely shaming people because, you know, they're the cause of rising obesity and things like that. Right. But then that's you actually see, what most fat shamers believe, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and then there's this belief that or there's studies that show that, oh, you know, like actually shaming people is just bullying and it, it doesn't doesn't bring any any light to the actual issues that we're looking at. So, you know, obesity, if you even want to call it an issue, like to me, all these studies that are done that show that, oh, like heart issues are on the rise because of obesity even though they have no correlations you know they're just done out of pure fat phobia 
Mm-hmm. You know, they want to put the onus of epidemics that re- result from other issues of our capitalistic system that, you know, feeds garbage to people. We're not targeting the, the that, those things. Oh. We're going to put oh, yes. the onus oh, on... You're speaking truths. Like oh, my we're Lord. <laughs> we're going to put the onus on fat people because ultimately it's their fault. Oh, yeah, right? no. It's not like we're stocking the shelves or anything. No, it's everyone. Yeah. Everything is your own fault. A- and then we don't want to target the capitalistic system because that's the beauty of capitalism. You can do what you want. You can put whatever you want in your body, right? Like that's that's the whole idea of capitalism and this liberty and freedom and all this crap so so anyway so we're it's just uh it's just switching (laughs) like so anyway and then he says and then this dude who who i'm referencing whose name i forget and i'm so sorry about it because i would love to give credit although he's probably rich so it doesn't matter he says oh you know why why are we shaming people because that's just a form of bullying like you know that shaming causes you know people to to have mental health issues you know they start being self-conscious they start getting depressed and then you know what depression leads to depression leads to depressive episodes in which you know many studies have shown that depression actually leads to weight gain so (laughs) what you're advocating against is what you are perpetuating by shaming people and making them depressed and then in turn feeding them pints and pints of ice cream Oh, wonderful. And then making them fat. And and I and obviously this was like a comedic take on on this issue. But it's That's just not obvious to me, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> of course I would never say things like that. But like this dude himself was like, I'm I'm a fat person, so I'm gonna, you know, make light of this. Mm. And he was like, mm, you should probably, you know, instead of policing what people put in their mouths, you should think about what comes out of yours. Ooh. <laughs> I thought that was ah. so funny. Yes. But but it it all comes back into the same same thing. Like what we're doing, what we're policing people on, what we're thinking is the right thing to do by punishing them, by using this like punitive justice system, is not actually solving anything. It's just perpetuating the same thing that you're the same things that you're fighting against, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you think that you know, clearing out homeless camps is going to, like, get rid of homelessness? They, yeah. They Absolutely not. Like, nope. how how do you even think that that's true? Like, no, nope. it's just going to it's just going to cover the problem with a nice, nice blanket. Um, but uh, we're coming up on half an hour here. So we're going to take a little break here. Uh, punishment is not an effective motivator. And we will be right back. Please enjoy the musical stylings of Kelly Fraser. Here's Fight for the Rights. Sumo, 
feeling pretty spicy right now he just got really fired up yeah yeah i was i was just upset with many things and i'm upset with also many things he just employed a really really excellent self-care mechanism to express his rage about right-wingers yeah that's true i won't go into too much detail because we are on the radio but um self-care in regard to the rage we feel as a result of right-wingers is uh very important thank you Thank yeah. you for bringing light to that. Yeah. Absolutely. On that note, um, Cran, what are your thoughts on restorative justice? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's great. 
yeah. <laughs> what what are your thoughts on it? I I, I am still I too think it is great. So <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah. I think I'm still kind of so just to give a background of why we're being so chaotic right now. Um we ended the show, well we ended the first part of the show and I was still upset about many things about about the way we're handling homelessness and poverty and and many other things that are criminalized in society right now. Oh yeah. And we just kind of began talking about how this whole view, you know, the just world hypothesis and all of that is a very like right-wing approach to things because Oh yeah. Because it's very much like well, you did this to yourself like <laughs> even though we're the ones exploiting you and putting, you know, weapons and drugs and all these things in your communities to keep you away from living a good life and actually, you know, criminalizing everything that you do and making sure that you do partake in criminal activities. It's like an and unhealthy relationship. <laughs> so so we kind of went off about how, how this was like a right-wing tactic to just keep people at, uh, like, keep marginalized people marginalized and not let them integrate into society for their own benefit. And I just got really upset and had to just, like, you know, off air, yell the F word many times. And it and happened, yeah. It did happen. And Christina actually accidentally recorded some of it. So we had to we had to do some damage control I, there. I saved your ears. You're welcome. Yes, it's true. I think restorative justice <laughs> is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Great. That's all we have to say on that. Really. No, genuinely, though, because in any place where they actually employ restorative justice, it operates on the uh, on the correct assumption that no one just starts committing crimes because they had a fantastic life. People wind up as criminals because they've literally had everything work against them up until that point. What are a lot of crimes? They're, you know, theft, they're property destruction, they're based on an apathy for the system that we live in. Why? And there, there's no incentive, there's no incentive to do theft if you, if you have things in life. So once you explain this very simple concept to people where you're, where you're like, you know, if you actually think about it, criminals aren't criminals because they're just evil people. Criminals always feels like people always justify their own actions to themselves and what they're doing feels justified you mm -hmm. know they're just trying to make their way in this world just like anyone else and and keep in mind that we're talking about we're not being like selective in in our in our analysis of this like we're not saying that we're advocating for some kind of crime like theft or things like that keep no. that in mind because it's you know like if people who are not like-minded like us will will you know take this out of context and be like oh so then you're okay with sexual assault then you're okay with these crimes you're okay with that <laughs> crime you know like you know what i mean absolutely and yeah, yeah that's we're, a good point. we're talking about those crimes that we're talking about why crime takes place. We're talking about exactly. what are the reasons for for, for pe people to do that. We're talking about crimes that don't actually hurt people at all, like getting mugged. You know, it traumatizes you, absolutely. Yeah. But why do people get mugged? Like, is there because there is a financial inequality within the masses? Is there because people actually have to literally fight and traumatize other people to merely survive? 
oh probably you know yeah like, exactly we're, we're not talking about power imbalances within you know the binary genders we're not talking about things like that that perpetuate actual violent crime we're talking about why why people just are, d- commit crimes to survive yeah we're just trying to bring a face back to this faceless humanless identity that people have assigned to criminals when you ask people who like have all these value judgments about criminals oh blah 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 these people should be put away have they ever actually taken a moment to think about the people that are there that think about the lives of the people who have committed crimes and have been put away for it no absolutely not it doesn't it do- thankfully, I, I, I did have some positive conversations this summer where I was able to point this out. I'm like, do you think they're doing this just because they're awful people? Like, do yeah. you think that they're just born and they just want to wreak havoc in this world? No, no one's born with that desire. Except capitalists. Except capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Charlie Actual. Kirk, if you're listening, you suck. Psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and that's the thing. And I think about many times when these people say that oh these people should be put away this and that and this and that they often forget about the crimes they've committed oh yeah what about when you were smoking weed when you were 13 years old huh yeah oh yeah double standards through the roof like people are people are being targeted for you know being black and smoking weed Mm -hmm. but white people smoke weed all the time like in fact they have they they do it on air they do it on the radio like they they make uh, like spectacles out of it but they're never criminalized for it Mm-mm. no it's just seen so, as another part of a typical working person's life and it's totally forgivable yeah and like and and what about all the indigenous and black people who have been incarcerated before smoking weed was legalized what about them what about them indeed suddenly our moral compass has shifted and they are not forgiven still. And they're still not forgiven. Like, what? I genuinely do not understand. And this is where my frustration comes in because I'm a poli sci major. I polarize everything. Like Political sciences for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Political science. Yes, sorry. I'm such a... Uh, I'm such a... Mm, I'm a poli sci major. <laughs> like, I hate myself for it, but whatever. I'm not going to analyze myself today. <laughs> <laughs> but, but even when we talk about actual restorative justice practices like these are proven studies like we're not we're not talking about rocket science or anything that is extremely hard to comprehend by the general populace like this is extremely easy to comprehend like in fact societies that are already implementing these practices are seeing the benefits yep you know they're seeing the benefits of this right and to bring it back to like a Canadian society, what I think is, you know, we're universities, academics are teaching us this. Like, it's this is research. This is genuine research that has been conducted throughout countries where punitive restore a, puni- a restorative where, justice system has been implemented. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you see propaganda from right wing parties such as the conservative parties. This flyer, lovely, lovely flyer that has been, you know, sent out by Andrew Shear. Oh, share it. Yeah. That that see. says because you can only hear the same left wing talking points from your professors so many times. The hypocrisy. Yes, exactly. So that that's where I'm trying to get at is that this is not, this is not an issue that is just like, oh, this exists in society. No, it is, it is systemically existing in society by people who uphold such right-wing fascist ideologies, right? Like this is, because 
Because when you start to critically think, when you start to get into university or, or you know, other means of sharing knowledge and other means of gaining knowledge, not just university, when you are taught in your communities to think critically and to get to the bottom of b- issues, you realize that, oh, we've actually been living in a horrible place where, you know, like you and I were able to talk about this. But what about the people who are unable to, right? Like, what about the people who are struggling there to eat a loaf of bread today like yeah you know what i mean and and then we start to think critically about it and then we get to the bottom of issues and then we're like oh this is actually a very systemic thing this is mm-hmm. this is something that we're we can't control unless we vote certain people out like you know what i mean and which in itself is, is a reformist approach uh, exactly which yeah. may not may which does not work but yeah yeah go on you know the master's tools cannot be used to Dismantle the master's, the master's house. house. Yeah. Like it, voting. Yeah. Anyway. But but that's the thing about it is that th- these people are systemically upholding these these systems, essentially. Yeah. That that keep these things criminalized. Like this is a this is an extremely right wing approach. So when someone says that, oh, you know what? Like our justice system sucks. Like the murder of Colton Bushy did not get any time, whereas Oof. if it was a yeah. white person who had died, then absolutely they would have gotten jail time. Oh, you know, like absolutely. when we no when we start to it. when we start to critically analyze all these things, then we realize that oh, we're not living in a system that is helping us, so we should probably overhaul this. And then the right wingers are like, oh, you're just a lefty, you're just a leftist, and the reality is, yes. 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 <laughs> Turns out that left-wing ideologies on restorative justice and on justice systems, essentially, are the way to go forward. Yeah. So as a political science major, this just extremely irks me. I'm just like, I want you all to just shut up. I caught up with a friend earlier this week who I uh, I haven't, I, I hadn't spoken with her in a few years and she has she has a partner who is very much right wing but she herself also upholds a lot of like she is very familiar with left wing ideology she's very familiar with taking a humanizing approach to life mm-hmm. a compassionate humanizing approach to life yet she sees these beliefs that her partner has and she's very indecisive. And so I'm bringing this up because it was actually just very interesting to hear her describe her own cognitive dissonance. Right, right. Because you you have to have cognitive dissonance, you know, in the way that we're encouraged. Well, the cognitive dissonance, dissonance of the right wing, they are encouraged to seek power. They're mm-hmm. encouraged to, you know, just throw laws and rules and punishment at whatever they see a problem with mm-hmm. yet they're encouraged to uphold family values so they have compassion for each other they have compassion for those who have faces their fellow white middle class uh cis able-bodied family members mm-hmm. which you know if they do actually have family members that start to go into a more marginalized category for example if they have a disabled family member suddenly that's the thing that's made that's made them able to understand mm-hmm. the issues of disabled people because it took someone in their families right so they're encouraged to have this compassion towards the immediate people in their lives but also glorifying the ability 
to walk over other people in their own pursuit of power and domination. That's cognitive dissonance right there. That is trying to operate on two separate realities. And that will affect how you perceive the world because then you no longer have oh a my God. you no longer have a cohesive worldview because you're trying to always make sense of it in two different ways. And that makes it really easy for everything to become incredibly warped. So that's why people are simultaneously able to Kran has his jaw on the floor right now. What the heck? I never thought about this. And when you can warp your reality in that way, that's why it's so easy for them to just contort arguments and for them to like emotionally remove themselves because they're living in these two different spheres of thinking, essentially. So when we try to live in a holistic way, and we've chosen the compassionate way, we apply the compassion that we have to the immediate people in our lives to the entire world, well, that's uh. seen as, that's the thing that differentiates us. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is my friend that I was catching up with, she could see this. She literally said, before I said anything, she said, I think the difference between, and she she she's ultimately in undecided about this i think she has a lot of nervousness about uh, nervousness about being kind of criticized for her views so ultimately she just kind of concedes to whatever the person she's talking with believes um but she said i think the difference between people who hold these ideologies is the people on the left just seem to have more compassion hmm yeah i mean yes it's not yeah it's not yep not rocket science yep it's really not yeah um and she i <laughs> wow i'm just like i've never thought about this like i've never thought about the psychology that goes behind like what they want right like we know that they keep people at bay we know that they keep these people marginalized we know that you know even there, if there is one right winger in government then we know what kind of a capitalist self-benefiting like policies and legislations they want, but I have never thought about how they feel justified in operating on those values. Like I have never, I have just always thought that, Oh, you're just stupid and evil. <laughs> like that's, that's all I have thought of. But uh, this whole like cognitive dissonance thing really blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. yeah. And if they have, a self-defense self mechanism that is that powerful, that's why they have, honestly, very ill-considered beliefs about a lot of the world. That's why it's so easy for them to dismiss facts right. because they have a massive mental separation that is awful for your mental health. It is awful to have cognitive dissonance. I I could really go on about that forever, but that's that's why it's so easy and that's why it's easy to take the problems shove them in a corner i don't want to see them they're an eyesore also let's punish people for being an eyesore let's punish people for being different um and they won't even give it a second thought because they they won't think about how punishment is ineffective wow yeah wow well that was that was a lot i i mean this is uh given me a lot to think about and and Wow. I think that we should come back to the topic of restorative justice one day. Yeah, yeah. Because I definitely want to be talking about this more because, you know, the, I feel like this is we just we just scratched the surface today. Yeah, we really did. We just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We can go 
Yeah, I, and I would like to sound more cohesive going forward in our hour-long episodes so that we don't lose any more listenership than we have in the first half of this episode. The notorious political agenda of the leftists being cohesive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's top priority. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that was that was really great, and, and I hope that people are, you know happy about the one hour I hope thing. you're as excited as us this uh, is a yeah. really big deal for us we've worked hard to bring you this show and we hope that you're just as excited as where it's going as we are yeah and uh, just just you know if you have any ideas if you ever want to be on the show sharing your perspectives and you know know that that's what our show is about like we're all about community-based perspectives that's what that's what we want to listen to absolutely yeah you can engage with us on our instagram yeah Uh, we now have a twitter too yeah wake the f up umfm i think for both instagram and twitter yes yeah if not um that's the way that's that's it actually that's it there's (laughs) no if not but yeah anyway that's all the time that we have this time around Thanks so much for tuning in. And um, yeah, thanks, Christina. Thanks, Kren. And we're playing all our old favorites today. So here's Stay Strong by Kelly Fraser. And see you next week. the day someone told me a gun never thought something was ever wrong i said no way i'm yesterday i don't understand i don't understand thought i did everything i can everything i could never thought you would always thought you was gonna be there i didn't know about the nightmares i didn't know but i was so scared what am i gonna do now now you're not around you ain't gonna be proud no more why would you leave when i need you here for strength to be awake can't believe you saw me at my lowest i just want you to know this even though i wanna die even though i cry i'll stay strong and hold on i will stay strong and hold on it won't the storm passes, then the rain dries, just like the tears in your eyes. Life can give you a surprise, bad and good, and in the hood, the pressure is high. I understand the pressure you had, man, you was our dad. Lost a child, I can't imagine, left a wife, bills were racking. Four daughters, a mother and a brother, we still love you and still get blue. But I know how you would want us. It's hard, it still haunts us I stay strong not cause of me I stay strong for those who love me I'll never commit suicide even if I wanna die Till I'm old in the land of ice and snow I know where I will go I will thrive, I will strive Most importantly I will survive I won't ever do it, but you did it and I get it So down, depressed, I try to drown it out Try to talk it out Lost in the crowd, I sing, scream and shout 
but I'll never die. Man, I hate suicide, but I can't hate the ones who did it. That just passed my limit. Sometimes I don't blame him. I couldn't save him. It makes me sad, makes me feel bad, but we can't control those around us. Depression or mentally ill, these are just a couple that can kill. Let's get some help. I know I'll need some myself. Then the rain dries, just like the tears in your eyes. Life can give you a surprise, bad and good. And in the hood, the pressure is high.